0: If you uh, have your Bible, we're going to be looking today in John chapter 10 and verse number 27. And today we are continuing our series, Get Real. And today we're going to be looking at, we're going to be talking about The Voice. Now, I don't know how many of y'all have ever watched that show, The Voice. It's, it's kind of an interesting show. If you watch the show, there's a, they, they have four judges and they sit with their seats, well, with their backs to the stage. And then somebody comes out and, you know, it's like they do an audition or they're singing and so the judges are sitting there listening to see, is this a person that I think can make it? Is this a person that I want to be on my team? Is this a, is this a voice that I want to listen to? And if it is, then, you know, then they'll buzz in, they'll turn around, they try to persuade the person to be on their team. Now, as I have seen that show, I thought in, in many ways, spiritually speaking, we are like the judges on that show. In that we have our, you know, we have our backs turned, and we are listening to a lot of different voices in our lives. Now, there's a lot of different voices that we listen to. You know, we listen to the, or we hear the voices of of ambition, and we hear the voices of success, and we hear uh, the voices of, of maybe even anger and bitterness, or or hope and joy. And, and the question for us is, which voice are we going to choose to listen to? You know, which voice is it that we we decide in our own lives that, that we want to be a part of that team? And so that is sort of our focus today as we look into our scripture. What voice are you listening to in your life? Now, there are some people who question and wonder, does God even speak this day? Does he, does he even have a voice today? And I really think that is the wrong question for us. I don't think it's the question of, does God still speak today, I believe the real question is this, do we listen today? Do we listen to the voice of God? And so what we're going to do is we're going to look in our passage of scripture and we're going to see Jesus in this scripture, what he's doing is he's speaking right outside of the temple area. And what we learn from this section of scripture is who was listening and who wasn't listening. And so the question is, well, how can you tell if somebody is listening to the voice, to the voice of God? And I, and I believe that you can tell who's listening to the voice of God by the way people respond to the voice of God. And so that's what we're going to see today in John chapter 10. And, and John chapter 10, just to let you know, it is a landmark chapter in the Bible. And the reason why, it's because in John chapter 10, where Jesus clearly identifies who he is he lets us know that he is the shepherd of his people he lets us know that he is the savior of his people but not everybody was buying into it and so in john 10 verses 27 through 30 jesus is in the temple complex he's speaking and the religious leaders of the day they are peppering jesus with a whole bunch of questions Now, obviously, as you read through the Gospels, you're going to find out that many of these guys did not like Jesus. And that they didn't like Jesus because they saw him as being a threat to their power. But Jesus responded to them and said, he said, I I am the shepherd. Now, for us, that that terminology might not mean as much, but, but to the people that were living in Israel at this time, saying that he was a shepherd made sense to the people. There were a lot of people whose occupation was being a shepherd in Israel. And everybody knew that one of the things that a shepherd does is he takes care of sheep. And a part of the job of a shepherd is he is the guardian of the sheep. He is the protector of the sheep. And that is what Jesus was saying about those who follow him. He said, I am your guardian. I am the protector. I am the one who's looking out for you. And so what we're going to see is that, that sheep, if they have a shepherd... One thing they do is they pay attention to his voice. And that's what I want you to be thinking about today. The voice of God. Do you, do you know the voice of God? Because what we're going to see today is that people who follow Jesus, you can know that they follow Jesus by the way they respond to the voice of God. And so what I want us to do is I just want us to first of all see that we can, that we can know if we are responding to God's voice or, or that we even know his voice, and we can know it in this way, we will hear it. You can know that you are a part of God's family if you hear the voice of God. And I want to share with you verse 27, what Jesus said. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. He said, I know them and they follow me. And so what we see right at the very beginning is Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. So if you're a follower of Jesus, one thing that you're going to discover is that you're going to hear the voice of Jesus. Now, it's not that Jesus was speaking in some mysterious language and only certain groups of people could hear his voice. Uh, Jesus speaks, but that word hear, it, it doesn't mean just to hear. It means this, it means to understand. It means you have understanding with what is being said. So Jesus' sheep, when he speaks, they understand his voice. And it's interesting to see in verse number 24, the people following Jesus around, here's what they were saying. They were saying to Jesus, they said, how long are you going to keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Now obviously they hadn't been listening very well. Because all throughout Jesus' ministry, Jesus was very clear about his identity, about who he was. He said, I'm the Messiah. In, in John chapter 4, Jesus goes to a well, and you might be familiar with the story, and there's a woman who meets him at the well. And here's what that text tells us. It says, it says the woman said to him, I know the Messiah is coming, who's called Christ. And when he comes, he will explain everything to us. Well, this is what Jesus said. I am he, Jesus told her, the one speaking to you. Jesus clearly said, I am the Messiah. He told this lady that. and She went back and told her friends. In Mark chapter 2, verses 5 through 7, it says, Jesus told the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. But some of the scribes were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does he speak like this? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And so whenever Jesus said, I forgive sins, you know what Jesus is doing here? He's equating himself with God. He's letting people know who his, what his identity is. Uh, one of my favorite ones is in Matthew 11, verses 2 through 6. And it's in this passage of Scripture that John the Baptist, the cousin of Jesus, he's getting ready to be beheaded. He's going to die. And he's been following Jesus, and then he begins to wonder, am I following the right guy? Because if not, I'm getting ready to lose my head over nothing. And so he wants to find out for sure. And in Mark chapter 11, it says, when John heard in prison what the Messiah was doing, he sent a message by his disciples and asked him, Jesus, are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? And Jesus replied to them, go and report to John what you hear and see, the blind see, the lame walk, those with skin diseases are healed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor are told the good news. And if anyone is not offended because of me, he is blessed. That came from the book of Isaiah. When it was talking about who is the Messiah, this is what the Messiah will do. Jesus was saying, I am the Messiah. Okay, so then here's the question for me. Then why are these guys asking Jesus, tell us plainly, who you are you know why they were saying that to him because they weren't listening they were asking the question because they did not hear what the shepherd was saying but those who follow Jesus hear his voice and they understand who he is and what he's saying let me, let me give you an example years ago probably the the greatest mode of long distance communication was Morse code you know, it's that, that little system. I I don't know how to do it, but you know you, you've seen it on TV before. They they like I, they make this little clacking clacking sound, and and uh, that people can listen to it and they know they can the the dots and dashes they can convert them into letters and words. Is that right? Something like that. Okay, because if not, this is not going to make sense. This is going to be a bad story, and I'm making it up. So anyway, so there's a guy who understands Morse code. He's gone to school for it. He's going to apply for a job. He walks in. There's other guys there to apply for the job, and. The, the noise, is, the office is filled with a bunch of noise. You can hear the clacking of the Morse code machine, and the guy sits down, and everybody's kind of looking at each other. And this guy who just sat down, after like a minute, he stands up and walks right into the boss's office. About five minutes later, you know, everybody's looking at each other going, what, what's that guy doing? Why did he walk in there? And then finally, the boss comes out, and he says, gentlemen, the job's been filled. This man has the job. Well, as you can imagine, everybody sitting there was frustrated because he was a latecomer. Like, hey, that's not fair. We were here first. Why, why did that guy get the job? We, we came here before he ever got here. And the boss said, well, the entire time, the Morse code message was saying, if you understand this message, come into my office. The job is yours. Obviously, y'all didn't understand it. He did, so he gets the job. So now, now, the guy was able to get the job, very simple, because he listened, because he could hear, and he understood what was being said. So he got the job. He'd spend his life learning the language, so to speak. Now, I think that's where a lot of us get into trouble, is that I, I really believe this. God is speaking all the time. But we become so distracted by the noise around us that we, we don't hear God's voice anymore. Or we, I mean, for some of us, we never have. And, and you know, it's it's not that hard to, to see how that's possible. I mean, I, I, I'm always amazed at how... How, how tuned in to the devices that we have. You know, we have our phones. I think, I'm, did I tell you last week when I went down to the river, people were playing Pokemon Go? It was crazy. And somebody told me, pay attention. So there's people walking around all this beautiful scenery like this with their phones and they're wearing, people were wearing shirts that say, I'm not saying it's evil, but people were wearing shirts that say Pokemon Go. And they had no idea what was going on around them. And so it's just, that I was like, these are easy marks here. Uh, but it's just strange we are just so connected to all this stuff that we don't pay attention to anything else god is speaking god speaks how does he speak you know one of the greatest way that, ways that god speaks is he speaks to us in this book he's given us his word and whenever we immerse ourselves. In this book, and when we listen and we look to see what God has to say, then guys, we begin to recognize and understand, the more familiar we come with God's words, we become familiar and we begin to understand what God is saying and speaking to us. You see, if you follow Jesus, you will recognize his voice. It's happened in my life. There are times in my life whenever I will step outside of God's bounds and then I will sense God's voice in my life convicting me of sin, saying, you can't do that. It's God's voice. There are times whenever I've, I've come across people that I see all the time and I'll just have a sense in my spirit that I'm supposed to go and, and talk to that person and maybe pray for that person. He said, that, that, that is God's voice moving in my life. Now, whenever, whenever you are a follower of God, there's, there's going to be some ways that you're going to respond to his voice. One, you're going to hear it. But another way that you're going to respond, if you're a follower of Jesus, one of the ways you're going to respond to his voice is not only are you going to hear it, but you're also going to follow it. You're going to follow. Look, that's what verse 27 says. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they it says they follow me. Now the picture being painted here is Jesus being the shepherd and his followers being the sheep. Now whenever I think of sheep and a shepherd, my, my natural tendency is to think of a big green field with a fence around it. And the shepherd wants to keep all the sheep in, inside of that pen. But in Israel, that's not the way it is. Shepherds, their job's different over there. You know, they don't have a lot of lush green grass. It's a very arid country. And so what they have to do is they, they have to take the sheep out of the pen, and they have to walk them around. They have to go look for food. And so a shepherd has to walk along with them. Now, sheep are interesting animals. Sheep, have, they have a great sense of hearing, but they have poor eyesight. And if they don't have a shepherd, they can get so focused in on eating, that they're walking around eating, that whenever they look up, they can be lost. They eat so much they get lost. I, I, some of us have probably experienced that before. And so the, the sheep are eating and they, like, they don't know where they are. That, that's, why, that's where the role of a shepherd is really important. A shepherd will walk with the sheep to make sure they don't get lost. A shepherd will lead sheep to where the food is. He will make sure that he takes them into areas where there are no predators or where he can defend them more easily. Now, a, a, she, a shepherd is able to win the sheep over By providing the sheep with food. And whenever the sheep learns that the shepherd is his meal ticket, he's going to start following him. He's going to follow him around wherever he goes. When he hears his voice, he's thinking, that guy's got food. I'm going to follow that guy he always provides for me. Now, what good is it going to do if the sheep recognizes the shepherd's voice, but he doesn't follow it? Well, it doesn't do any good, does it? It's not going to provide any benefit for him. So the, so the point here is when Jesus says, I'm the shepherd, he says, if they're really my sheep, he says, they're not just going to hear my voice, they're going to follow it. They're going to be obedient to me. That's why Jesus said in John 14, 23, he said, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. And the one who doesn't love me will not keep my words. Now, this clearly delineates who is a true follower of Jesus. Those who really follow Jesus, they don't just hear him, they follow him. They do what he says. 1 Samuel fifteen twenty two says, Then Samuel said, Does the Lord take pleasure in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as, as, as obeying the Lord? Look, to obey is better than sacrifice. To pay attention is better than than the fat of rams now I know a lot of people who say I am a follower of Jesus it's a great thing but you know it's a greater testimony than what you say it's what you do right you know actions speak louder than words it's great to say that we follow Jesus but guys the proof is in the pudding and that is what do you do 1 John 2-6 through six says, we know that we've come to know him if we obey his commands. The man who says, I know him, but he doesn't do what he commands, it says he is a liar and the truth is not in him. And this is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. So, so what do true followers of Christ do? We obey. We, we follow the commands of Jesus. Now, I'm not saying that's easy. But if we really follow Jesus, here's where we come to in our lives. And I really believe this. I believe if we really follow Jesus, there's going to be times when Jesus calls us to do things, to follow after him, where we say, that's not going to be easy. That's not going to be fun. That's not going to make me very popular. But if we follow Jesus, we're going to say, but you know what? I'm going to do it anyway. Because he's my shepherd. Because he is my meal ticket. And he's always provided for me, and I will trust him. 1 John 2, 3 tells us that we demonstrate that we belong to Jesus if we keep his commands. Now that word keep is an interesting word. It's a, a word that was used by ancient sailors. Now before they had GPS systems or navigation systems, sailors, the way they were able to navigate, what did they look to? The stars, right? So that they'd follow the stars. They would say, we are keeping to the stars. And so they would keep to the stars. They would look to the stars in order to guide them. Now, there were times whenever, whenever there'd be cloud cover, there'd be times whenever they couldn't see the stars and they'd get lost. But when the weather cleared up again, if they wanted to get back on track, what would they do? They'd look to the stars. They would keep to the stars. And the Same thing's true for those of us who follow Jesus. If you're going to be on the path that God wants you to be on, if you're going to follow Jesus, you're going to keep to his word. Now, that doesn't mean that you're always going to be perfect. There's going to be times when you stumble and fall. There's going to be times when things come in, in between you and God. But if you really follow him, you're going to look back to the scripture again so that you can get back on track with how God desires for you to live. So, so how can I know if I'm really a follower of God or not? Well, I'm going I'm to hear his voice. I'm going to follow it. And then when I do those things, here's the last thing. Another response to following to Jesus uh, people following Jesus' voice is we're going to rest. We're going to be a people who have rest in our lives. Verse number 28. Jesus said, "I give them eternal life, and they will never perish ever. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me, is greater than all. No one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. The Father and I are one." Now, for me, those those three verses right there show me that whenever I listen to Jesus' voice and whenever I follow his voice, the great result that comes from that is I'm able to find rest. Now, I just want us to look at two things. First of all, how do we find rest? Jesus has two very important things here. Jesus says, I give eternal life. For those who follow me, Jesus says, if you, if you listen to me and you follow me, Jesus says, I will give you eternal life. Now, what I like about that is it shows me that my salvation, my relationship with Jesus, it is not dependent upon me. It says he, he gives it to us. I don't earn it. I don't deserve it. It is something that he gives me, and that causes me to find rest. It takes a lot of pressure off of me. Now there's a lot of people who believe that we can lose our salvation with, uh, with God. But once we come into God's family, we forever belong to Him. He marks us for all time. Second Corinthians 1, 21 and 22 says, He anointed us, He set the seal of ownership on us, and He put His Spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Now that word seal is referring to somebody, like a king, putting his mark, his stamp on a letter. It is a a seal of authenticity. And then he takes it a step further. He says, Jesus says, I'm going to guarantee your salvation by sending you the Holy Spirit. That word guarantee, it means an earnest. It means like a down payment. The, The Holy Spirit is given to us as a down payment to let us know that God is going to do what he says he's going to do and so he sends us the Holy Spirit and whenever you sense the Holy Spirit moving in your life directing you and guiding you guys that is a promise that God has given us as a reminder to let us know he will keep his word now I know it's, I mean, it's easy for life to wear us out you know we you know, there's the, you have a lot of pressures you have pressures of making ends meet you have the pressure if you have children you have the pressure of, of trying to make sure your children stay on the right path and and we have pressure of performing well, and it's just really easy to get carried away by all the different pressures that we have. But Jesus gives us assurance in these verses, and he lets us know something important. He says, I'm going to take care of you. There's a lot of pressure in this life, a lot of unknowns, but Jesus says, when I give a promise, I'm going to keep it. And that's why I like verse 29 so much. Jesus said, no one can snatch his people out of his hand. That word snatch, it is a picture of Jesus when you are fo- a follower of his. He puts his hands around you and he grips onto you and hangs onto you. And, and it means that nothing can ever pry his fingers open to take you away from God. That you always will belong to him. And so you don't have to worry. You know, before I come here on Sunday mornings, one thing I do is I watch, I watch a guy right now, I'm watching uh, David Jeremiah, he's a preacher, and I watch him preach before I come to church here, so that I can get some good preaching. And so I sit down, I listen and preach, and a couple of Sundays ago, he was, he was speaking, and he told a story about when he was flying, uh, he was on a plane going somewhere, and he said, I was flying, he said, as we were flying along, the pilot came over the intercom and said, you need to put on your seatbelts, because we're getting ready to hit some turbulence. And he said, well, I put on my seatbelt. He goes, man, we hit some turbulence. He goes, I mean, the p- plane was bouncing up and down. And he said, it was kind of frightening. He said, people were white-knuckling their seats. He said, there's a few people that were gasping. And he said, I, he goes, I was a little, you know, nervous. And he said, I looked over, and there's a little girl sitting across the aisle from me. And he said, she was holding a book. He said, she's bobbing up and down. And he so said, she's just slowly turning a page, just reading. Absolutely. He said, she was as cool as a cucumber he said, I was just impressed. He's like, that's amazing. He said, so after the flight was over, he walked over and he talked to her and said, I was just watching you during the flight. So the plane was bouncing up and down. He said, you were just, I mean, you're sitting there reading the book. You're cool as a cucumber. What, what was going on? And she said, oh, that's easy. He said, my dad's the pilot. And, you know, I, 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 I thought about that for us. You know, for, for us in life, y'all, there is a, there's a lot of turbulence in this life. There's a lot of turbulence that you're going to, you have, there's turbulence you haven't even faced yet. And you're going to hear somebody eventually tell you it's time to buckle up. And you're going to be bouncing up and down and white-knuckling it. But let me share with you some good news. If you're a follower of Jesus, you can relax because Jesus is the pilot. And no matter what you're experiencing, no matter what you are going through, and I'm not trying to make light of whatever, whatever it is that you might be going through, but you can know this, that Jesus keeps his word. And when he says that no one will ever snatch you out of his hand, that's exactly what he means. And so if you follow Jesus, there are several responses that you're going to have to his voice. You're going to hear it. You're going to follow it. And you're going to have rest. Now, I think the thing that we can do is pretty simple. I think we can look at our own lives and say, are these the responses that I have to the voice of Jesus. Do you hear his voice? You know, do, do you follow it? And do you have a rest? Now, if, if you can't say yes to those things, then it could be that, that you don't know Jesus. It could be that maybe you know him, but you don't follow him. It could be that that you are outside of his flock. Guys, if you want to experience peace and hope and salvation and joy and a future, then you need to be in his flock. And if you're not, then that can be taken care of today between you and Jesus. How do you do that? You just simply call out to him in prayer and say, Jesus, I need you. Forgive me. I want to follow you. And I believe that you died for me and that you rose from the grave. Let me tell you something. If you follow Jesus, you will hear his voice. If you follow Jesus, you will obey it. If you follow Jesus, you will have peace. You'll find rest.